Welcome to the Nailed It Podcast with your host, Joseph Hughes, founder of Contractor Dynamics and creator of the Dynamic Accelerator Program, found at ContractorDynamics.com. Sit back, relax, and welcome to today's fire episode on the business of construction. All right, what's going on, everyone? I am pumped to be here with my good buddy, Greg Marthaler of SFY Solutions for You out in Colorado. Uh, Greg has worked with probably at this point hundreds of different contractors. He used to be a uh, roofing contractor, roofing company owner. So he's got a lot of really good insights as to you know what are the common denominators for success. What are some of the stumbling blocks that he sees over and over again? And he's really someone that just leads with that 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 giving first mentality and uh, and and really lives that. So I've enjoyed uh, getting to know Greg over the past few years in the industry. Someone I look up to and respect tremendously. So Greg's going to share some insights, take some notes, and um, and uh, this will be a good one. So what's up, Greg? Ho- hopefully you can live up to that uh, that intro there. So <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I, I have no problem with if I don't. So um, all right. No, no, uh, we're all yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's probably also one of the great things of leaders, right? Like admitting when you're wrong. Um, I think a lot of leaders never admit when they wrong, don't hit their hit their mark. Um, and being able to shift and pivot. But um, but yeah, I, I'm super excited to be here, man. Uh, I love talking about business and how to help people grow their business and get to the next level. Cool. Yeah. I know you and I had a, a good conversation at a roof con, I guess, uh, last year, about nine months ago. And yeah, uh, I know you just love talking shop. So that's why I want to get, get you on here to share some of that. So we'll dig into some of those lessons and all that, but, uh, first give us a snapshot of, uh, who's Greg, who's that, what's SFY, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So me, uh, as an individual, um, I'm probably, just a standard normal church going guy. You know, I probably do, I've done, I don't know, 20, 25 years of children's church and youth ministry together. Um, I'm a real big kid at heart. Um, I'm certainly sure if you guys go to any of the trade shows that I'm at, you'll definitely see a flying chicken flying around. I am the guy that causes all the chaos. I'm the one that probably shot you in the forehead or the back of the head with the chicken. And I'm expecting you to shoot me in the forehead and the back of the head with the chicken and bring some excitement back to just life. You know, I think, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of serious things, a lot of things that go wrong. And every now and then we just need a good laugh and a good chuckle uh, to help us get there. Um, you know, SFY is doing great. You know, we're, we're doing really well. We're doing uh, here as far as services, we offer writing estimates. So we write estimates for contractors. We will then supplement that estimate for the roofing contractor on the insurance side. Um, we also do this for the roofing and water mitigation space. We got into that space probably in 2019. Um, we'll do uh, sketching if they need a sketch of a house. Um, we'll also do the notice completion. And probably the biggest thing that we just started beginning this year is um, SFY University, which is just basically part of SFY. And uh, that's where we teach contractors how to supplement their own claims, uh, teach their supplementer not necessarily the hard skills of how to write the line items, um, but more so actually how to communicate with the adjuster and what to say to the adjuster. That's cool. Yeah. I saw that on your website. Uh, I think that's really valuable. Um, why, why did you start that? Like what, what, why did that, how did that come about? Yeah. So, um, you know, as we just got bigger, um, I noticed the space, people just weren't defending as well as they needed to in the space. And I saw a really big need and I saw 
um, a lot of people just teaching like, hey, this is what you write. This is what you do. And internally at SFI, you've gotten 2000. 18 we started when i had a huge growth spurt is how do you train and keep the same type of quality of product to people when especially when it's like a sales type end right and i always relate this to a roofing company you have your sales guy that you love that you wish you could duplicate you have your other sales guy that you know he's good you're glad he's on your team and he's doing well and then we always have these other sales guys you don't know really why they're part of your company but they exist uh, in there and part of you like is to make you feel like you have a bigger company, but they're there, right? They sell like one deal, maybe two of them like a month. They're struggling, like they're living on top ramen. You're like, just go out and knock doors, right? And so how do you elevate all the people to have the same type of passion and drive and quality work, right? And so the only way I was able to do that is we do training uh, 30 minutes every day um, in small little increments and we do rebuttal training twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays when we do rebuttal training. And that's when I began to really notice the quality of work and consistency of work come together, right? And that's like, how do you manage, you know, I think I'll do over 10,000, probably 11,000 claims this year. How do you manage 11,000 claims and keep a consistent product out going out all the time, right? And so you have to train, you have to get people skilled up you have to audit, you have to do all these things. And I just saw this huge gap in the space. And that's where I really, what I saw is how do we help the industry move forward? And since I was able to do it internally, I was like, I can just take what I'm doing internally and help it go externally with it. That's awesome. How's, uh, has that been received so far? Uh, so far it's going really good. Um, you know, and I haven't done a ton of pushing on it. Right. So there's a lot of, it's just like backend website building stuff. Um, make sure our content is correct, right? So we're kind of doing, hey, look, is this really what people are interested in? Uh, I know we had done a couple of different versions of how to do it. Like we had originally, I was going to do like a three work three week program, and the goal of it was to really get them like really really good at supplementing. But no one's interested in taking their individual off work for three weeks. So then I broke it down to where it's just like two days, so people can take two day stints in creating just i don't know just modules so i'm kind of still in some of that like just refining all that before i really really start pushing it um pretty hard but i'm i'm probably about another three weeks or probably about two three months actually not three weeks two to three months i'll be full-on pushing hard and, and i'm kind of when i build stuff or expand a business side of it i use a model of not everything needs to be perfect. And I prefer get something out the door and let's push it because your perfect model that you build is going to get restructured probably a month or two down the road. So just build some big major frames, push it out. Let's see what it looks like. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be mistakes. It's not, it's not the end of the world, right? You're still going to do something decent, but then as it goes down, you're like, Hey, look, I didn't like this. I'm glad we didn't build an entire website based on this whole thing that you're going to can later. So I find pushing it and then developing it as it goes down yields you a better product at the end. I agree hundred percent. Uh, we started our training program, marketing training program back in 2019. And we started it with like this kind of beta group of six, con six clients, six contractors. Right. And we were straight up and we said, Hey, we're like, this is a brand new thing. You guys are like the pilot program. We're starting this thing and we're building it as we go. And you guys are going to give us feedback and help us build it. And, and that was huge. I mean, that was, uh, you know, is that lean startup or whatever they call it, but like 
that was huge for us because you can build this thing and you can be romantic about wanting to push it out to the market and hold on to your ideas, or you can get like that direct feedback from your market as far as like what they want, what they need, what's going to make their lives easier. You know, a big part of, as you know, like delivering training and university style is like, and we were just talking about this morning or a team meeting, like it's just this constant challenge of how do we simplify things? How do we make everything more as efficient as possible? How do we not, how do we give people what they need without overwhelming them? Uh, we right. know everyone's already busy. We don't want to add another, you know, another huge thing to their plate. So I like that challenge. It's um, it's uh, it's fun. Yeah. 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 I, you, you kiss, keep it super simple, right? Like I, I live by that phrase all the time, especially as your company grows, the more, you, more simple you can keep it. The faster you're able to scale, the more complicated it gets, the longer trading curve takes all of it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, speaking of size of company, uh, on your LinkedIn, it says like over 40 uh, employees. I assume it's it's more than that by now. Like what kind of, what, yeah, what's so your team look like? We have about 70 people right now um, wow. on the team. Um, and there's, there's a lot of, to really get a company to that size, you definitely need to have great key leaders. Um, you'll never, you probably can manhandle power drive, whatever you want to call it, like probably a team of 20, maybe 25. After that, like you just, you're way beyond your bandwidth, like way beyond in managing and you'll never scale, right? Because if you're doing that, you're, you'll never get there. So probably my biggest thing is making sure to uh, hire the right people, right? So I've been doing, uh, I just did a culture index um, test, um, which is like a personality test type thing to help find the right key individuals that have the right tendencies to be in leadership positions. Um, and then I'm also a big fan of if I'm going to give you responsibility, that means I also have to give you the authority. Um, so if I don't, if I give you responsibility, but I don't give you the authority to do something, then that means I'm not making you a leader. And that means also that you may, may make a decision that I disagree with 100% and I have to be okay with that. Right. Right. It, it, and it goes back to me coaching that leader on what I would have done different and holding to what they said. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle with this segment of their um in empowering leaders because otherwise they'll never be able to lead the great, like you'll never be able to step away from your company. If you want to be able to step away from your company, let's say you want to take a month off. Let's say you've been grinding for three, four years. How do you step away from your company? How do you like, obviously you're going to check in, but like if you want to go on vacation, not stress, like the whole thing's going to fall apart. It's because you haven't given people the authority to make decisions for you and, and coach them. Right. And, it, and it's a relationship. It takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, you know, so that's something that, I think it's really important in growing. That's, I like that a lot. So give them authority with responsibility. And that's probably, you, you probably see that a lot, you know, owners give responsibility, but they, they hold on to that authority and they keep themselves as the bottleneck for all those decisions, decision-making, yeah. you know, processes. Yeah. That, that makes so much sense. What has been like some of your influences? Like, do you follow a, a system like EOS or like you know, leadership I, books yeah. or? So I, I do, I do read a lot, quite a few leadership books. So I, for a while I was trying to do like one a week. I didn't feel like I was retaining any of the information. I felt like I was just smashing information. Yeah. Uh, so, so I do probably now one to two a month. Um, my last one I just read was who moves my cheese. 
Um, I really liked it. And then I also gave that book and mentioned that book to a lot of people within my company because we're at a point now, I mean, with 70 people and if we're going to push to try to get to maybe a hundred by the end of the year, like, like you got to think like all the adjustments that'll have to come within the entire organization. And I think some other people that struggle with growing companies is how you ran your company with five people is different than how you're going to run it even with seven to eight, right? Like that little bit of growth, all your processes and systems are going to adjust like all of them. Right. And you have to be okay with that. And your team has to be okay with that. And so as well as it comes like other positions and opportunities are going to open up that you didn't even know you needed until you got there. Um, you know, there's a job in our company. It's quite hilarious. Um, we call it the pigeon. That's literally the title of the job. So the pigeon and so we go in and out of people's CRMs, right, you know, to manage their information. And we take our information that we had and we put it in their CRM. And then we go to their CRM, grab their information and give it to us, right? So it's a way to communicate our database together. Well, there's so many different CRM systems out there. So it's not like I just can tell everyone, hey, you have to use this one. Um, so we go to any CRM that they have, but it's literally someone has to go in and take information. It's literally like a picture. They're literally taking a message from one spot and bring it back and forth. And that's how the job came out. Like, and I never thought we would have someone just taking information and moving it back and forth. And but it's needed, right? And um, you know, so it, it's pretty cool to see growth. Wow, that's awesome. Um, wow, that's some tremendous, tremendous growth. That's uh, that's really cool. Congrats, congrats well, on thank that. Thank you. Appreciate that. And so you've worked with, uh, we used to own a roofing company, right? Or managing partner? I I did. I did. Yeah. So uh, managing partner with uh, a lot of people know him, Jonathan Sherwood. Um, And so um, I got in the roofing space. I was originally a mortgage broker. Buddy of mine was crushing in the roofing space and he needed help. I rode with him for a week, said, hey, look, quit my job. You know, worked with him for like six months. I said, I knew how to do this. Started my own roofing company. John came apart and we grew the company for about eight years and we sold it. So there's a lot of like, I actually understand a lot of the pain points. Now we didn't grow it to like a $10 million company or anything like that. We got to about 4 million or so. Um, But I mean, I understand all the pain points. I understand the pain points of when you're doing about a million dollars in sales. And that's like a one, two man band, maybe three man band operation, potentially moving to four you know, cash flow management. How do you make sure you manage your cash flow marketing? Am I doing my marketing right? Where is this going? Especially nowadays, you know, internet marketing was nowhere near at all developed where it is today. And, you know, I, I was a big fan of hard school knocking doors. Um, I just, I know the ROI on it. It's really good and grinding, right? So it's just, but it's it's hard work, right? I mean, you got to manage door knockers. Door knockers recycling door knockers all the time. So you get them for like a month and you got to go find a new one. You got to retrain them, right? So it's just training constantly. Someone's got to manage them. Sometimes they have cars, like, you know, they're not the, you know, they're just, they're, they have life problems, right? <laughs> you know, no one's, you know, sometimes some are really good, but a lot of ones I found, then, you know, you kind of had to help them to help you get work. Got it. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so seeing all the roofing stuff and growing, um, you know, selling a company is pretty exciting. I don't know if, you know, a lot of people have never really gotten to the point of building something and selling it. So that's always a fun, I think as an entrepreneur, like I have arrived, I built something that someone else wants is willing to pay actual money for. So that was really cool. 
Yeah, that is cool. I talked with someone else yesterday who had sold his company and, and it's like this proud kind of proud moment. Like I, like I did it, I made it like graduating college or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, That's it, really it, cool. It, it really is. It really defines, I think as you as an entrepreneur, like internally, like there's like an internal thing, like even though you could have a great company, but until you get to the point of selling it, like selling it, you brings a different level of confidence when you lead. I gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. I've never done that, but perhaps someday we'll, right, we'll do that. Right. So, yeah. do, so with that experience and, and working with hundreds of companies, like, do you provide any, I don't want to say business coaching, but like, do you help your clients with other uh, issues besides, you know, your core services? Uh, sometimes, um, probably the biggest thing we help with is so like supplementing sometimes takes time, right? Like it's just, for us, we for us to see a really good supplement, like to carry it all the way to finish, it can take anywhere between 45 to 90 days to see a really good, what I would call the most amount of increase that you can get on claim. And okay. so if clients are trying to push files close sooner, we will I'll just blatantly ask them, are you running a cash flow issue? Do you need to manage your cash flow? Right. Because, you know, obviously when storms hit, your expenses go up quite a bit, but you need the cash flow to manage all the increases of your bills, you know, your marketing costs, your suppliers, your crews and all that other stuff. So we'll, I'll just play like, Hey, look, you know, let's go through, instead of shutting down all your files, let's go through a selected group of files that you can get extra cash flow that we think are good. Let's close these down. Let's leave these other ones. Cause I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of trying to get maximize your uh, profit margin in your file than, than the speed of what it does. Right. Um, cause it, especially since I know it's like, so let's say, you know, I need an extra 30 to 45 days. Well, an extra 35, 45 days, I can get you an extra thousand, $2,000 on a file. Right. And that adds up over time. And, and that's where like, I get, I get your point. Like, Hey, look, we got $2,500. It's great. Like, you know, we can close this out, but I, I could have got you another two grand, another two grand on a file. I mean, that adds up, you know, depending on how people are paying their sales guys. I and mean, that's an extra thousand dollars to the bottom line. Yep. And you start multiplying that through, you know, 200 jobs. Now we're talking some real serious money. And so it's kind of where I kind of lean more towards. Um, I know a lot of people do more on speed. And there are other companies that, like myself um, that do speed, right? So they close them under 30 days. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I could do some of that, but I tend to, since I own a roofing company, I'm really out to see successful roofing companies and the ones that keep their profit margins up tend to be more successful long-term. Right. Uh, good reminder, right? Like keep right. Our profit margins up, be successful right. long-term. Like right, yeah. simple stuff, but we, we sometimes forget it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, all right. Is there a typical size uh, roofing company that, that you guys like work with, like a sweet spot or? Uh, actually, at the size we've gotten at now, like, I, I work with just about anyone. And now if I were to say I prefer, I prefer companies are a little bigger, um, mainly because typically at that point, they have someone in house that like their office person or someone that I communicate directly on their files on a regular basis. Um, you know, but it's not to say I don't work with, you know, a one man band that has, you know, does five, six roofs a year, does it everything out of the garage, right? In and I do find with that, it's just sometimes the communication is a little longer because they're doing so much and they're doing everything. Like the communication takes a little longer because um, in supplement, there still is communication. You can't just, I think, and I think you probably see this in your marketing. I, you have to still be engaged in whatever service you're going to pass off, right? Like 
I can't just say, hey, look, Joseph, can you just fix all my marketing issues? Like, just just fix it all. Like, just I don't have time. Just fix it all, right? And same, like, hey, look, I have struggled with all my stuff. Just just fix it. Like, if if you have chaos here, just uh-huh. because you're going to give your chaos to me, I can fix some of your chaos, but there's still going to be chaos. So that still means you're going to need to apply some time and energy. Now, I may be able to make it a lot easier for you to get rid of some of that chaos and be able to help you manage and make it workable. But there's still going to be engagement that's going to be needed from you to create a real successful like supplement process and team, right? Cause there's going to be like, Hey, what's going on with this file? I'm the sooner you can reply to me, the sooner I can move forward with the file. Like, so if you wait a week, like, okay, it took a week. And then you're like, why is it taking so long? Well, it took you a week to reply back to a message that I sent a week ago. And well, you should have just known, well, that's why I was asking. Right. And there's just basic communication. And I'm sure the sure in marketing, Hey, look, this is, what are you wanting? Like, did you like what we put together? Like, in so there's just engagement um, side of it. So coming a little bigger, the engagement happens to go a little smoother for us. Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, that, we used to we used to have an agency where we ran ads and things for clients, and we'd be like, hey, you know, Greg, like we need to run your Facebook ads, but we need content from you. Like, we're not using stock right. photos, we're not right. you know using generic things. Like, and if you don't, you're not getting us content. It's really hard for us to do that, do our job. So. That's one of the reasons mm-hmm. we transitioned into trainings uh, to, right. to teach people how to do it. And I agree, like, you know, nothing against owners, but like if there's someone in addition to the owner that can be that point person for communication, uh, that's, that's huge. Uh, yes. that, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, that, that collaboration is, is, uh, is huge. Uh, so yeah, you have an inside look as, as far as uh, a lot of businesses are there besides what you just mentioned, uh, you know, having systems and people that communicate and collaborate, are there kind of common denominators for success that you see? Yeah. I mean, with now, I mean, I'll say this. If you don't have a CRM system, you're, you're I mean, I come across a lot of them. Like, I'm like, look, I get it. They're not always the cheapest thing, but there are cheap ones, like some form of it. You know, if you're not organized, you're just going to create a ball of stress moving forward. And the bigger you get, it's the bigger ball of stress. And so, the more you're able to create and navigate communication um, throughout your company, CRMs do a phenomenal job of this and keeping everyone on the same page, what's going on, what's going on a file, be able to track a lead from start to finish, right? Like a lead comes in. Did we follow up on that lead? Do we only follow up with once with that lead? Do we follow up twice, right? Like, you know, CRMs help you manage all this stuff. But I think companies that don't have this implemented, even, you know, just a small guy, like, like I'm, you know, I get, yeah, you can run a one man band, but having CRM takes, it's like having an admin on your team um, and, and being diligent to input the information. Um, I think the other side is making sure everyone in the company's on the same page uh, is another one. Uh, sometimes you'll see the owner want to go this direction, office manager want to go in this direction and it just creates conflict um, and we'll see the conflict um, exist um, just in communication. Like, you know, owner wants to outsource it, office manager wants to in-house it, right? And so you're just, you can, you, you just can tell, um, you're just like, okay, like we'll, we'll do as much as we can, but we can see there's friction that exists. Yeah, uh, I, we see space. the same thing as well. Yeah, it comes back to just, you know, getting clear on on what is the vision? Uh, what, right. like, what do you want being aligned with that? And then you're going to have more success with any aspect of business. Yeah, CRM. We actually interviewed a CRM uh, consultant, CRM expert yesterday on our podcast. Uh, not, you know, not at a specific CRM, but he does consulting. Right. And like one of the things is like this, you know, kind of deep dive into your process is like, what is your workflow? Like, what is your pro- mm-hmm. what your processes look like? And 
And then we can go out and look at different CRMs and see what's going to be the best fit for you. You know, something that you're not going to outgrow in two years, like something that you can right. grow, grow into. Uh, that's going to be, like I said, or alluded to an asset to your company. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think because I think with CRMs also help fine tune your systems and processes, right? So going back to scalability, if you ever want to scale, I know everyone wants to do like a $10 million company. Well, $10 million companies, they have process and systems for everything, right? It mm -hmm. goes through, right? And so that way, when you go to hire, you can put someone in, this is the process, this is the system, and you can get them up quicker instead of throw them out and to the wolves and tell them to, you know, survive or, you know, throw them the deep end and hope you can swim. <laughs> yeah. I've done that uh, plenty of times. It doesn't work too well. Right. No, it, it doesn't, you know, and startups, I mean, that's, I'll be honest in startups, there's a lot of that, right. It's just figure it out. Hopefully you know how to sur survive. <laughs> yeah. We, we, uh, we, we had a really a good growth spurt at the beginning of this year that we're kind of like, you know, it's still steady, but like I've been spending more time. I haven't been traveling much the past month. I've been spending more time on processes. Like instead of just doing the thing, whatever the right. thing is that needs to be done, let me take an extra half an hour and get the Google doc out and my other screen and just out like bullet point out what I'm doing, record some screen share or uh, record my screen and show people right. what I'm doing. So my, my mindset there is like, okay, if I can spend an extra half an hour to document this process, maybe I never have to do this, this thing again, you know, maybe someone else does yeah. it and, and that's freeing. I know it can be hard because we're trying to accomplish so much in a day, but just like pulling back a little bit and uh, developing those processes is, is huge. So how about on the flip side of that, uh, some, some stumbling blocks that you see like too many roofing companies making, like just, you know, if you could just tell them like, Hey bro, like there's a landmine over there. I see it. You don't see it, but I see it. Like, don't go that way. Yeah. Um, I, I'd probably say, um, I'd, I'd probably say communication with homeowners is probably one of the largest stumbling blocks in setting the right expectations um, that create big problems for you. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of under promise and over deliver. Mm -hmm. And so um, like this is, this is probably a simple one, right? So let's say it's a storm area. Let's say it's a uh, Minnesota, right? And you know, you might be in a cash flow pinch, right? So something you can do for cash flow is slow down your production, right? So if you slow down your production, you're not putting as much money out, which then gives you time to collect the money, right? So then instead of saying, let's say you could roof in four weeks, but you're like, Hey, look, instead of four weeks, I'm going to tell them six weeks, right? So now I just pushed it out two weeks. And potentially I could call them up on the six week mark and hey, look, we got a little busy. We can push it out to the seven week mark, right? And so now I just bought an extra three weeks of cash flow management time. Um, and I think, you know, um, learning to understand that management of cash flow when you're growing is really huge. Um, I think another side is a lot of companies don't cost out a job before they do it. Um, like, hey, look, this is my potential, what I'm going to make on this job, or even have an idea of how much money is sitting out out there for you to, to collect. So that way, when you see a supply house bill of, let's say, $200,000, $300,000, um, and the supply house bill is going to call you, and you're like, well, crap, this sucks. Well, it might not be that way, because if in your accounts receivable, you have $800,000 in your accounts receivable, you're like, oh, this is not a huge deal. I got enough money potentially coming in to cover the supply house bill. So there's there, right? So I can 
it allows you to sleep better at night. So it's managing some of those little things that help set the right expectations. So I, I think the biggest thing is setting the right expectation. I'm also a big fan of doing things right the first time. I know it may take longer. Um, like one of the big things for us is taking photos of the property, right? And so I'm like, as the sales guy, I'm like, the sales guy typically should be the guy taking the photos. If not, you should have someone else in your company that goes and schedules it. But the sales guy's there already. Um, it takes to do a thorough inspection probably takes, let's say, 35 to 40 minutes um, to do a good thorough property inspection. That 30, 40 minutes is just compounded huge, right? If you were to pass that off to someone else, it'd take that individual 20, 30 minutes just to get to the property, another 20 or let's say 30, 40 minutes to, to view it and then 30, 40 minutes to come back. So it took him, let's say almost two to two and a half hours to do the documentation of one property. You were there and you got it done in 30 minutes. Um, and then you don't have to go back to that property um, and you're on the site and you have all the information. So I, I find that in areas that we think we're able to save time and cutting corners and I'm trying to get to the next client to sign that if you finish and did it right the first time, you eliminate all the stress later down the road. Yeah, that's that makes so much sense. I saw a uh, video testimonial on, I guess your your Facebook or SFY. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the sales rep who was like so pumped that he got an extra thousand dollars in his commission check for that project because he he said he took two extra minutes to take a few extra photos. Yeah, it, 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 right. And because the other side, like, I mean, they are taking photos, right? So it's like if you just learn to take the right photos consistently. Like it'd be huge. And it means something more for the homeowner, right? And I know everyone's trying to rush through the process, but I'm like, part of being a professional is if it takes you a little longer to do something and you have the documentation to back it, it changes the perspective of the homeowner's client view. Because let's say, obviously, let's say they had a second, you know, let's say you're the second roofer at the house. The first roofer inspected the property. Let's say the roof is totally damaged, right? They already know they need to file a claim. Everything's going forward. But it took some like, you know, five minutes to get up, you know, they're back down. Here's photos. Here's the damage. Let's file a claim versus yourself that knows it's ready to be filed. But you spent 30 minutes on the property, walking the property. That homeowner has a different perspective of you, right? Like, hey, look, the other guy's just a hustler. This right. guy's a professional. This guy actually spent time at my property. He took pictures of things that wasn't damaged by hail. He, he I was shocked. I didn't even know I had this issue in my house. Like, and I always try to like when I was you know, when I had my roofing company to find one or two things that had nothing to do with hail damage because it creates the level of trust and honesty that's like, hey, look, I'm not here just to try to push everything's getting paid by the insurance carrier. I'm, I'm going to run a level of trust, right? So when you show that, it builds that level of trust with the homeowner. Yeah, you're that trusted advisor. Uh, right. I, that's one of our core values. We try to live by that as well. Or we do live by that. Um, and, and while you're talking about photos, I got to plug, uh, not us, but net necessarily, but the right. importance of while you're on the job, take some photos that, that you can use in marketing as well, because mm -hmm. you're, you know, you're documenting damage and all the details and things like that, hundred percent necessary, but then, you know, zoom out, uh, go to the front, go to the street, whatever. If you have your drone, you know, uh, rip that thing out and just get some photos that you can use in your own content, or you can give to the company if you have a marketing manager uh, at your roofing company to give to that person that they can use in marketing. Because we train marketing managers at roofing companies, mostly that's like our bread and butter right. client. And a lot of times they'll show up to our calls and be like, 
yeah, I'm just tr- I'm trying to get content. You know, the guys are just giving me these crappy photos. I can't really do anything with them because they're like the close up damage photos. You got to like zoom out and right. get, you know, get the front elevation, get the drone shots. And again, like just it's training. It's like, you know, train the sales guys on like or sales guys, girls on what you want, what looks good. Give them examples and say, can you take an extra, you know, five minutes to get these photos? Because it's going to help all of us. Uh, be more successful, right? We're going to use them in marketing. We are going to be able to, you know, run better ads. We're going to be able to get you guys more appointments. You're going to make more money. The company's going to make more money. We're going to be able to service more uh, homeowners, more clients, and everyone wins, right? Take the extra couple minutes. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more, right? That's, it's going back to doing things right the first time, right? So typically when I roofed, I made sure the sales guy followed up with the client after the roof was done, right? And that's typically at the end of the day, how much longer would it take to, hey, look, especially if you have the client happy smile face in front of their new house, right? Like what what great, you know, better photo is that of the homeowner excited about their new roof, right? And you could easily take that photo shot as well as it goes back to marketing. You know, I was sitting, we, we did that. And I also told everyone, you got to knock the six, eight neighbors of the house, right? Right beside it. Those are great leads. They saw the roof get done. It went up, got done and, and move forward, right? Those are great opportunities for you to pick up another lead, right? It takes an extra 15 minutes max to go knock the neighbor and you might have another deal. And, you know, just going back to do things the right way is actually faster. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Follow the processes and they're all, they're all, they're all simple. You know, they, they take right. work, but they're all pretty simple, like nothing revolutionary, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you see? Uh, just, I'm curious about this for myself. Uh, what do you see that like, I'm sure there's a lot of differences. You have the roofing industry, you have water mit, water mitigation. Right. Um, I don't know any any business differences, any differences in like you know mindsets or things like that My, that you see. Yeah, mind, mindset's huge, right? So roof roofers are more a type personality driven. Um, they're less organized. Um, they're willing to take more risks and try harder. Um, the water mit clientele tends to be a slower paced um, and more methodical. They tend to be a little bit more business mindset actually in the water space. Um, And mostly that's probably because they're buying franchises. So the people going into it, they saved money. They're leaving one job to go to this job type thing. Um, uh, Yeah, I'd probably say in the water space is probably 85% of the water companies are franchised. Okay. Uh, where probably in the roofing space, I think you might have 5%. Um, if, if you're lucky, um, uh, there's only a few that I know of, um, in the franchise world, um, in the roofing space. Um, yeah. There's a few popping up here and there, but they don't seem to get much traction. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, there's only a few that I kind of really know of. Um, I think it's like bulldog roofing storm guard. And then that's about it off the top of my head that I know of. Yeah. M- Mighty dog, Mighty dog, Mighty dog. That's what it's Mighty dog. It's Mighty dog. Yeah. There's one out there in Denver. We've worked with those yeah, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's about it. Yeah. Storm yeah. guard is probably the most uh, prominent one. Um, cool. Well, uh, back to the roofing industry. What, uh, where do you see if you, I mean, you have a lot of insight. You're a smart guy. Where do you see the roofing industry heading over the next five years or so? How can how can roofing company owners kind of you know continue to innovate, stay ahead of the curve, continue to be relevant? Yeah, I think um, I think the level of professionalism is going to have to go up to another 
level um, as far as honest and integrity. Um, things that you were able to get away with, you'll end up getting caught with um, in the perspective of, let's say, I'm you're billing for starter or let's say you're, you're billing the insurance company to change out the drip edge, the step flashing and turtle vents, and you're reusing those items. Um, and you can try to justify whatever it is in your mindset, but technically that's insurance fraud, right? And it's, you know, cause you're billing for something you technically didn't do. If you change the bill that I removed to, or detach and reset, that's a different scenario, but like that stuff's going to get caught much easier. We, there are technologies at the point that is going to start catching people. So I see like the level of professionalism is going to need to go up to another level. Um, I do think the communication with the insurance carriers is getting more difficult, um, like Liberty and Safeco is uh, becoming more difficult and pushing back. Um, so I probably see a little bit more public adjusters on the residential sides becoming probably a bigger need in the future. Um, and um, what that process looks like, I'm not totally sure, but that's probably something coming down the road. Um, now, Simbility is probably a big one that the insurance carriers, um, Liberty and Safeco moved to Simbility. Um, in the water mitigation space, Next Gear bought Simbility, uh, um, the company itself. So I was able to actually talk to one of the guys over there that's on the pricing structure of Simbility. Um, I think, you know, honestly, I'm, I like competition. So I think it would be nice to have competition. The main software is exact to make this use. Uh, but they probably, Simbility, I think probably has about a year, maybe a year and a half to fix their pricing issue. So there's going to be huge pricing issues with Liberty Mutual and Safeco for the next year and a half, at least. And I don't foresee Simbility going away right away. Um, they the core logic, the company at bottom has a lot of money. Um, I mean, they're a multi-billion dollar company, so they have the money to ride the storm. So I think a lot of people like, oh, it's just going to die out and weed away. Um, I don't think they're just going to go away because I had heard word on the street is there are two other carriers that will come over to Simbility, which right. will change, change the pricing module, which goes to the need for more public adjusters to defend the claim because an Xactimate estimate, let's say it's like $60,000 estimate, an Xactimate for a roof and all the other stuff going on in some ability probably gets to like a 32, 33. So, I mean, it's cons like jaw dropping difference. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it, I mean, the other side is the carriers making bank, right? I mean, but they'd say it. So if they're paying $60,000 claims and they're only paying, let's say 30, so they're pocketing next to $30,000 on their claims. I mean, they can out to go to court let's take go to court i'll pay all the other ones right because all the other claims that don't get paid out uh, right so, um you know I, I don't you know the guy said that's not their model but i'm like it, it could be like as much i hate to say it right i mean they're a business right so i mean if i can save your money this way now is it right or ethical i mean those are all different discussions of topics but you know from profit line dollar cents you know i can see why someone might want to make that decision all right. Good, good insight based on yeah. you being, being in the weeds with all this right. stuff pretty much every right. day. So uh, good. I appreciate you sharing, Greg. Uh, are you going to be at any, um, what events are you going to the rest of this year? Oh, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to go to Florida, the FRSA. Um, then I'll be at RoofCon. Uh, I have some water shows. Um, I'll probably be at a job Nimbus event. Um, I think there's another one in December. 
I don't have to figure it out. Um, I don't know. The first quarter of the year for first two quarters of the year were pretty, I did like 20 shows and that was pretty, that was a lot. Um, it's between the roofing and water space. Yeah. The same here. I know uh, yeah, the, the first, uh, first half of the year is pretty heavy. Yeah. You're just it, like, you live on a plane out of a suitcase and, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's exciting. I'm like, no, it's, it's traveling this frequency and this much. It's not like you're, it's work. <laughs> well, you, so you have 70 people though. I mean, do you need to be at every show now? Like at the size that you're at? Uh, not eat. Uh, I probably like you got, personally. my personally, I probably necessarily don't have to be. Um, I like to be, cause I know it's where the growth curve and where the enter like, for me, it allows me to see where other opportunities may lie and exist for us as a company. So when I'm out in the field more talking to clients and or other vendors allows me to see opportunities quicker and sooner. Yeah. Um, I probably my next major, major hire, and I probably have two more before I get there. Like I'd like to get an actual sales manager that would manage all that for me. Um, and all the shows and that type of stuff. Cause currently I I do all that. I book all the shows, book, you know, do all the into you know hotels and all that um oh wow and um but i would like to first get a person to actually help me with my marketing uh money um first there and then probably another salesperson and then a sales manager um after that so got a few other steps before i get there but um you know it's just kind of slowly picking your battles and grinding yeah, I hear you. There is like no replacement for being out there in the field, you know, having right. dinners, having coffee, meeting face to face, talking shop. Like it's, you know, that market intelligence, number one. And number two, those, those real relationships that, that right. we get to build. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're smaller than you guys are, but similar situation. Like I want to go and we're almost there. Like I want to be able to go to like RoofCon or another show. Right where I'm not sitting at the booth for, you know, three days that it's, it, it's a grind, right? I'd rather, right. you know, we have our team that can be at the booth and, and we had that at RoofCon last year and I can bounce around and talk to you and go have dinner, right. or, you know, go hopefully get on stage or do a breakout session and things like that because there's, you know, so much value in there um, for that. So yeah, there's a couple, a couple of events I went to in, in the spring, man, I'm sitting in this, like in the hotel conference room and sitting at a booth for a couple of days mm -hmm. With like no, you know, no sunlight. Like it's just right. I'm like, all right, I need a. It's just not good for the soul. So right, yeah, I I agree. So I I, th I think I probably buy about another year or two of hardcore traveling, and then, then I'll be there. Good stuff. Uh, all right. Well, thanks so much for sharing. Um, yeah, I would. Uh, I know, like, we could probably go on on and on, but I want to respect your time. Do you have uh, like three minutes to stick around for a little lightning round of some rapid fire questions? Sure, let's do it. All right, these are always fun. I like to ask them. I think it's you know we gotta we gotta entertain people, and uh, you know right. it's not all it's not all about business. Like you said at the beginning, yeah, we gotta yes. we gotta throw some rubber chickens around. You know, yes, we gotta yes. do, do that sort chickens. of thing. Um, so you mentioned books. What is a, a current book that you're reading? Uh, so I just finished Who Moved My Cheese. My next one I'm uh, reading is Skin in the Game. Um, and then outside of those, I read a ton of science fiction books, oh. sci-fi books. So I do uh, new genre of books is like role-playing type video game book writing skills of like a character that's being built and back and forth story behind it. Um, so that's kind of some of the like when I'm not listening to work books because I need to uh, sometimes disengage my mind from work. So that's, that's what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. 
I identify. <laughs> I, I always, I always read two books at a time. Uh, I have one I read in the morning. That's like the business or personal development. And then the right. one I read in bed at night, which is a little bit lighter, you know, could right. be a biography right now. I'm reading uh, way of the warrior kid by uh, Jocko Willink. Okay. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I saw Jocko the other day. he's great. What's that? I said, I saw Jocko the other day at the last show I was at. So he's, a great Oh guy. yeah. Which one was that? Uh, uh, blue collar, uh, with Lee Hike. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 He, he, he did a great job. He's a great oh, speaker. I bet man. He's so yeah, he's, he's awesome. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, how about your, we were talking about this before we hit record. Uh, what's your morning routine? Like I'm, I'm always fascinated with how, how, you know, leaders and impactful people start their day. Yeah. So I probably don't have as tight of a morning routine. Uh, so there's probably a few things I make sure I do the night before I make sure to set like, what, what is my main goal that I need to get done for the next day? So whatever that goal is, and I try to focus on one or two major goals. Um, and then I try to currently, since I'm working out a lot, what's my workout time going to be when, when, and where am I going to work out? Um, and so those are probably my two major focuses um, that I make sure I get done. And then, um, you know, I probably do since I, I like a protein shake in the morning. So I try to keep my morning super simple, um, and, and grind from there. Uh, that's typically probably my morning routine. Cool. I mean, that's good. I mean, everyone I ask really has some intention behind what they do in the morning. Right. It's not like, oh, I just wake up and I don't know, I'm not sure. Check right. my phone and see what fires <laughs> I can put out, you know? Right. Um, hey, we've all been there, but that's not a yeah. good way to start the day. So it's got to be <laughs> yeah. intentional, whatever it is. Right. How about your next travel destination, personal business, whatever? Uh, business is going to be in Minnesota. Um, I'm doing a project with uh, GF. Nice. Good company to align with. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. They're great guys. Uh, all right. So you've got, you know, no business to do, no chores to do. You got a free Saturday. What is Greg doing? Uh, I, so Saturdays is uh, grind extra hard. Uh, so I go to the gym probably for three hours. Uh, so I do an hour of yoga, probably about 45 minutes of cardio. And then I lift with my personal trainer. Um, and then after that, it opens up and I do either a uh, movie uh, like escape rooms. So I like to play those a lot. I noticed that. I, yeah. I, I've done almost a lot of them here in Denver. So I'm having to start going outside the city of Denver um, to uh, to do that um, or just hang out with some, some friends. I also like playing a, a card game called Nerds. Um, you know, it's just a bunch of guys. It's like a group solitaire game. Cool, man. Love it. That's my typical Saturday. Awesome. All right. Uh, and if people want to learn more about how SFY can help them or educate them or all that good stuff, what's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, they can find me at uh, sfyoffice.com. Um, all our stuff's there. You can give us a call. Um, you can drop in a message. You want to talk to us or the university links right there as well. Um, or if you want to go to the school, it's sfyuniversity.com. Uh, either or get you there. Um, and that's probably the fastest, quickest way to get a hold of us. All right, Greg, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I know we'll bring, uh, this will bring a lot of value to the audience. So, uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It was great being on the show. Appreciate it. All right, brother. Look forward to seeing you at a, uh, an upcoming, uh, trade show. Yeah. Likewise. All right, guys. Hope you got some value from that conversation with Greg Marthaler. Really solid guy. If you happen to run into him online or in person at one of the events, go up to him, introduce yourself. He's a really genuine guy. 
You're not gonna try to sell you on anything. He just really wants to provide that value, as you can probably tell. So I'm excited to have had him on. Now, if you have found value in this, I really appreciate if you could share this out on your social media, take a screenshot of it, share it on your stories, send it to someone in a DM that you know could get some value out of it. And be sure to follow us on YouTube. Subscribe, we're putting out videos every few days here on YouTube. Uh, go subscribe to our podcast, The Nailed It Business of Construction Podcast, wherever you listen to your premium audio. And follow me on Facebook and on uh, Instagram at Hey Joseph Hughes. I'm putting out content every day. We're putting out little uh, video clips and reels and having a lot of fun with it. So I'd love to connect with you, get to know you a little bit more and help you however I can. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Nailed It Podcast. Don't forget to get your free training videos at contractordynamics.com.